You're listening to the Moody Mommies podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background. Or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. Hey guys, you are listening to the moodiest mommies here. I am Vanessa. And I'm Jessica. And we are joined here today by some very, very special guests that we've been really excited to have on. We have Mr. Danny and Donald from (laughs) The Dad Project here with us. D. 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 Another dot. So we're really excited to have you guys here so we can have everybody hear about all the good things that you guys bring to the parenting game. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? First off, you know, thank you all for coming out and interviewing us, giving us this opportunity to share information about our project. Um, my name is Donna Williams, you know, one of the directors of the Dad Project. And a uh, little bit about myself, I moved here from New Orleans about eight years ago to be closer to my dad. After helping my family rebuild from Katrina, I kind of wanted to start anew. So when I moved here about eight years ago, started working with the Head Start program, coordinating uh, male engagement programs. And uh, so for the last eight, nine years, you know, that's pretty much been my been my passion, you know. And I had the opportunity to meet Danny. And, you know, from Where did the you le- meet Danny? I met Danny at the Head Start program as well. He started working with us, and then we started to really roll out these programs over out in Inglewood. And uh, the program started to develop so well. First, we started off with maybe five parents, ten parents, and as we really started to get the kids involved and things like that, our, we saw the numbers grow because fathers really enjoy doing things with their kids. And then once we realized how the program was growing, we was like, man, we got to bring this out into the community. So uh, what's this, our second, our two-year anniversary? We're celebrating March 25th, and uh, we've been out in the community, you know, doing programs for fathers and their kids. And you guys both have your own children as well? Yeah, I do. You do, okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm Daniel Polanco, the other uh, D the other in this D. dad project. <laughs> um, uh, just a little about myself. I grew up um, in a single family home with just my mom and my two younger brothers. And my mom was always involved with everything that, you know, we were into, whether it was school or sports. And she worked two or three jobs. She was 16 when she had me. She was 18 when she had my youngest, my brother, and then 20 uh, when my dad decided to, to leave. And so by the time my mom was 20 years old, she was raising three boys by herself and handling business. As I got older, I started working in, in the education system. I started working in middle schools, elementary schools, and then the Head Starts. And I saw that disconnect with families where some parents weren't involved um, or didn't see the importance of it, especially as the children start to grow. I saw it in the middle schools all the time where I would try to reach out to parents and they wouldn't show up until May, April or May when child isn't going to graduate. And then all of a sudden they're, well, what do I need to do to get involved? Or who do I need to speak to? Who are my child's teachers? Where, yeah, where in reality they should have been already there, seen both dynamics and then I have a daughter. I've been raising my daughter by myself. 
I've been a single father, um, and my daughter turned nine last month. Um, and so with her, I've been the only way I know how to be a parent with my daughter is be involved because that's what I knew with my mom. But also seeing both dynamics of how I felt about not having my dad around and always looking for that male figure, whether it was my grandpa, whether it was my uncles or my coaches. And so I had that dynamic where I'm seeking that male engagement. Um, and I knew how it felt for me. So I didn't want my daughter to feel the same way. So I was very, I'm very involved with my daughter and putting all of that, like wrapping all that up together is just why I'm so passionate about being able to bring families together and bring these communities together to help families, you know, be aware of how they can involve, you know, themselves with their child. Um, and understanding like the cultural dynamics of things, um, you know, as Donald mentioned with the workshops and all of the things that we've done where we started with five dads and it multiplied to one, two, three hundred dads a month. You know, we developed this curriculum where we included the children and made it easy for parents to be able to break that educational barrier that parents may feel. You know, a lot of the Latino families may only have like a second or third grade education, right? Coming from different countries. If we can help them understand and come to the schools and teach them that doing small little things is going to engage your child and help your child, then they'll feel a little easier or a little better and more confident about being able to speak to teachers and being able to be more involved in the schools. And that's really where work, that's really the basis behind the workshops that we have for the dads and for the parents. It kind of gives them the confidence as a parent to be interactive. Right, learn how to Great. support yeah. their, their children and learn how to advocate for their children, especially in the education system. Because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stigmas in early ed, especially elementary schools. You know, you mainly see the mothers, you know. So what we try to do is, you know, change the culture because fathers are just as important. And, you know, like piggybacking off what Danny said, you know, when I moved here, it was building a relationship with my father because I grew up so far away from him. And these last eight years, I've been feel like a kid again almost. We're doing some of the things that we're doing and, like, it kind of drove that passion for both of us because we kind of grew up similar you know I got four younger brothers my mom always worked two jobs so I spent a lot of time helping her with my brothers and things like that and uh, that's what we want our, our fathers to understand that you know you're valuable your role is valuable you know because a lot of times we don't see that in society and we wanted to change that culture so we, we really try to push to get fathers but male role models brothers uncles grandparents because we know that uh, the cultures are changing in the home you know, some of the fathers are staying home. You got some grandparents taking care of some of the kids. Yeah. So we try to Sounds build. Like my <laughs> so we try to, you know, we try to uh, make sure that we have something for everybody. Yeah, I know. The, know? We went to one of your guys' events for the holidays, and I took my dad with me um, because my daughter's dad was working. But he honestly does like a lot more things with her than I get to do because his schedule's a little bit more flexible where he has days off during the week, and I don't. So. You know, she goes to Early Head Start, so he's the one who takes her to the classroom, and then when they come over to our house, he's the one that's there doing the activities all day. 
and I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> like, I want to go to school with her. Yeah. And I don't get to. You guys need to go to Early Head Start. I know. I gotta get it, get it going, big time. Mm-hmm. Baby, you know that. You know what they say that uh, zero to five is very important. I know. The most important years of your life. You know that's where you get your. That's where you get the hardware, the hard drive. I guess you start to learn everything. I know. I was nervous that sending her to school so early was gonna be like, she's gonna learn everything, and once she gets to kindergarten, she's gonna be bored. But I think it's more like socialization and like learning how to communicate with your teacher and the other kids because. It's hard. Like she gets in there and she's just like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that that's some of the things that like a lot of the parents don't understand when it comes to like the the system of early education and what does a classroom dynamic really look like mm-hmm. and what are they really learning um, when the children are there. And so having that understanding of what happens, it like you mentioned, your fear was she might be bored by the time she gets to kindergarten but in those first few years like they're like you mentioned they're learning socialization they're learning um you know children are they learn through modeling behaviors and they're going to reenact everything that they see whether it's at the school whether it's at home and so the classrooms in the in early education are set up in that way where they have the dramatic play areas where they have the kitchen and they have the registers and they have they're able to dress up and model out these behaviors that they see um or well they'll have you know the book the library set up where we're starting they're starting to be introduced to different books and learn words and or they'll have the arts and crafts activity where now it isn't just they're drawing it there's more behind that they're learning their fine motor skills and their gross motor skills where they learn how to cut with scissors and using their hands properly and so there's more behind they're going to learn what you know their their numbers and their alphabets it's yeah. how to be able to start thinking critically so that when they do get to the public school systems they're well versed and they're well educated into how to handle these situations mm-hmm. yeah i remember when i started kindergarten there were like so many kids that they just like didn't get it but then also they were i mean back then i guess more like latchkey kids where they would just walk to school by themselves and they're five years old and it's oh my like goodness. it's so crazy yeah. like then they would just like behave kind of crazy and then they'd be in detention so they'd be at school late and yeah it's an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. you know and, you know, I know at that age, uh, that zero to three or that zero to five, a lot of the children learn through play. Yeah. You know, like Danny said, it may seem like they're just painting or coloring, but no, there's more in depth into that. And that's what we try to help the fathers understand. Because at that age, it's an introduction. You're learning about these letters. You're learning about these numbers. And we want the fathers to know that every little every little event is, is just that important. Yeah. Just as important. Yeah. And you guys work with families of kids all ages? Or... How does that work? Yeah, we um we really like to focus with early education, zero to three. We also do programs for zero to five, three to five, and then we also do our elementary school programs. Okay. We're working with uh, at Malabar Elementary over in Boyle Heights, and um, we try to you know we want to go all the way through those first five six, you know five day years of life and help these guys really get involved early so it'll be sustainable throughout their years. When uh, kids are real little, dads are like, oh, man, he's too little to play with. He's too little to do things with. When that's not the case, you know, we show them opportunities, unique opportunities, fun things that they can do at home, science things, you know, messing around at the house and stuff like that that they could do with their kids. 
How has your organization taken on the challenge to not only engage the men with their children, but help families with their educational success? With like like we mentioned earlier, with the type of program that we run, we have uh, different within our curriculum that we roll out in in the different spaces. We have opportunities for uh, support groups for men where we disguise the um, the title of support group to the man cave or the barber shop mm-hmm. um, and create spaces where men already come together and have conversations about certain things. From there, we just we redirect those conversations to, you know, things that maybe have happened to us in the past. You know, we'll talk about the generational role of the father and how that's changed. Um, what were like some of the characteristics that they that their fathers had what are the characteristics that they possess now as a father to their child and what are the characteristics they want to leave behind that their children are going to remember them as um and so or we'll talk about ages and stages of development um, and really start teaching about um understanding their children's behavior and understanding that their two-year-old only understands two to three you know directions and they only have a three to five minute attention span. So if they're listening to you for three minutes and then they start acting out, it's not that they're bad little kids. It's that's just that's their development. Mm-hmm. And so if parents have that understanding of things, then they'll be their approach is going to be a lot different with their child. But to get guys in a room to talk about that. Is difficult. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we need to disguise them, right? But if we, but within our curriculum, if we have, let's say, the ages and stages one month, and then the next month we have talk about dads, and then the following month we talk about stress management, by that second month they're not going to show up because now they're thinking, well, we need to talk. <laughs> We're going to be talking here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's true. We figured it out. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah no we figured it out it's true and that goes back to masculinity and what's that message really mean and what does that look like um pride and vulnerabilities and so we follow up our support group with those educational school readiness workshops where we'll do a literacy program um where we'll teach them how to read to their children and if they don't know if reading is an issue or a touchy subject then just looking at the pictures and coming up with the story on your own without using the words that's still literacy that's still reading um and then we'll tie an activity based on that book so that they can see that you can do other things that involve this particular book that you just read and they see that oh their children's are they're they're engaged with this work that we're doing um, and the children will hold the parents accountable because they're like, well, dad, I want to do another activity. And they don't, they're like, well, shoot, I don't know any more activities. They'll call us up. Danny, Donald, what are you guys doing next? And like, oh, come next month, we're going to do science. And we'll follow up with those little activities to get them going. And, you know, just to 
piggyback on some of the things Danny said, um, like our man caves and barbershops and things like that, we're not there to tell fathers what to do as dads. We give them the opportunity to express amongst themselves in group activities, sharing, you know, because parenting is culturalistic. We learn from our parents, we learn from our grandparents, we learn from each other, you know. So we just give these guys the opportunity to encourage and support their own parenting styles, you know, and share amongst each other. Because uh, one of the funniest, funniest dynamics is like when we started doing these literacy programs, you have all these dads, hundreds of dads in the room with their kids, kids running around, but they're all just looking at each other with their arms kind of folded, you know? And we're, we're like, you know, we play music, we try to keep an upbeat vibe in the room. But as soon as one dad puts his little girl or son on his lap and they start coloring, getting involved with the activity, the whole room explodes, you know, they all, then they are like, hey, come here, come here, bring the, getting their kids together. And they really start to get involved with the activity. But it's just, I guess, you know, one thing about guys is just want to feel comfortable in right. creating that safe space for guys. So when we do the man caves, you know, there's, there's no moms there. And believe me, they come, they want to know what's going on, you know, <laughs> yeah. but our dads, they're, they're like, this is our group. And they really like, when they say we don't talk about, cause we have some group rules and what's in the group stays in the group. And they, they take that to heart, you know? <laughs> we were doing a program one time, you know, there was one mother just sitting in the back oh, of the room. <laughs> and the guys, the whole time was just, everybody was just looking back, like looking back, cool looking back, her. you know? Let her come here. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, <laughs> we you know, so we kind, we kindfully asked her, you know, hey, you, you know, you think you can maybe just step out, give these guys a moment? <laughs> and then after that, it was like, you could just feel the tension just... Whoa. For whatever reason, you know what okay. I mean? But they feel more comfortable, and these guys really open up. Yeah. It's been surprising, you know? It's been, been been a blessing. What do you guys think about, um, like, how do you guys deal with men who have a totally different understanding of how they want to raise their kids than their wives do? Like, for example, I have a friend who really wants to do attachment parenting with her son, so she has him with her all the time, and the dad is more like, you know, I want to be give him space and let him sleep over people's house. So he's a little bit more like, you gotta be tough, you gotta be, you know, whatever. So as parents, they're really like butting heads because they're not communicating properly of what they want for their children. So, I mean, do you guys ever have issues like that that come up in your meetings? Yeah, we do, we get, um, well, let Danny So with with that, that goes to like that uh, that communication that you brought up. And so we have, um, like those communication workshops or co-parenting workshops as well, where we discuss that dynamic and what what does that look like. Um, and we also have a program for moms too that we just got started with where we have um, one of our members, her name is Julia, who she runs the moms program. And um, with the message, with the underlying message of, you know, working together with that male figure and understanding the male the male role model and what it, what does that dynamic look like and working together because parenting is a, it's team like you're working as a team whether whether the couple is together whether they're co-parenting the underlying message is you guys should be working together to come as one with the child and so i mean we've well it's more of like a just trying to find that middle ground on how to make things work and understand where they coming from about this because a lot a lot of that is just miscommunication we found that it's just miscommunication um you know expectations that aren't being met or being they're not even being brought up these expectations of what do i expect 
for my child to do. It's just assumptions that are being put on the table, and that's where that's where the, a lot of the co-parenting, you know, problems or misunderstandings come out because they're not put out there. If that answers the question. Yeah, I mean, that kind of you know, giving them and giving them that opportunity to share, you know, how they feel. You know, and that it's okay to feel that way, you know, and just creating like like Danny said, you know, when the mother, once she understands, you know, all right, he needs to he needs to do this or maybe I should give him some space. And the fathers are like, okay, I need to maybe do something a little bit different. You find that when we send the flyers home or when we're trying to recruit the fathers, the moms are the ones that sign these guys up Mm -hmm. sometimes. He's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be here. Yeah, because after he came from the first session, they saw a different behavior when he came home. You know, we've gotten. We've gotten evaluations where, you know, some of the fathers, moms were like, yeah, he's, when he's coming home now, he's not just going straight to the garage. He's coming in to sit down with the kids. He's coming to, you know, he takes time to, you know, engage watch TV and, and engage with the kids, have dinner with the family, you know, something he wasn't doing before. So that kind of gives them the confidence within each other. And it's like, OK, we can kind of, you know, give and take It's give and take. That's great. It must feel really good for you guys to know that you're making a difference. I mean, that's the most satisfying part of what we do. You know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to make millions of dollars doing this kind of stuff. But as long as we can help some families that are just like us, we grew up the same way as a lot of these kids and a lot of these parents, just to give them a head start or give them something. I think that's what we need, though. You know, this world is falling apart with all of the tragedies and and that's what it comes down to and it boils down to is our parenting and the way we're raised and the things we see and hear as we grow up. So if we change and we help our kids today, it's going to affect our future in a very positive way. Yeah, and one of the things like that we bring up a lot is um, there, there's this quote that's from Frederick Douglass that says it's easier to build um, strong children than to repair broken men. Um, but... With this line of work that we're doing, you know, we're challenging that that quote. We're challenging that we need to repair these broken men because we need to dig deep and see what what happened. What why do they feel that they're broken? Because our children are like like I mentioned, they're learning from us. Right. They're picking up all of our behaviors and all of whatever we're putting out there. Right. And so if they feel some kind of way and don't understand why they feel this way, they're not going to make that change. They're going to raise broken children. Right. And so we're trying to change that culture around and really get these guys to have this understanding of, you know, let's let's figure this out. And we're not here to judge you. We're not here to to see that you're weak or vulnerable because you're really not everyone feels the same way and it shows when we have that 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 generation um when we when we do that workshop we ask three questions and everyone in the room because it's normally the first workshop we do and so it's the first workshop um in our series and these guys come into the room with their arms crossed, like Donald mentioned, arms crossed, feeling like not wanting to be there. We'll ask them, why are you guys here? And a lot of them will say, my wife sent me. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. you know? and, and so they're just sitting there, and we'll share our stories first, just to lighten up the room a bit. Um, and then we break them up into groups. 
And then in that first question, we'll ask them, like I mentioned earlier, the characteristics of their father. And they'll, as a group, they'll jot those ideas down. And oftentimes, it's the same list. They'll, they'll write down, my dad was a disciplinarian. My dad was the provider. Uh, my dad wasn't there. Um, my dad was, it was, was an absent father. Um, and so then we'll go around the room and we'll ask them just to read off that list. If they want to elaborate, great. If not, we'll keep them moving to the next group. So the first group normally doesn't, they don't elaborate. They'll just read their list. That's that. But by the second group, they first they start off by saying, well, our list kind of looks like theirs. But they, they're willing to elaborate a little bit. Now they elaborate because now that barrier of we're different right. has just been broken. And now they're like, we're all one in the same. And so in that moment is where we've already broken in, mm-hmm. right? But we haven't even said anything to them. We haven't, stat- we haven't brought up anything to them. Then we'll go around the room. Second question is, what, what are the, characters- the characteristics you possess as a father? And their list is way longer, right? Now they're showing off. <laughs> Uh, now, and now they're like, I'm the chef. I I do this with my child. I'm the hairdresser. Whatever it is, right? But yeah, yeah. But their list is a lot longer. So now they have a visual of a compare and contrast of the similarities that they have from their fathers, the differences, why they're being, why they're different now. And when we go around the room to share, now they really want to talk now they don't stop now we got to cut them off to brush off to the next to the next group because we still got a time to keep but by then now they've all are engaged and they all see that we're not here to tell them what to do like donald mentioned we're not here to tell them how to parent because everyone parents differently and but they already they see the need now and they will come up to us afterwards and say well look we want to be involved but we just maybe don't know how or what does that look like. And so we'll follow up with that. Well, then come next month and we'll show you how to be involved. We create those spaces for them to see, okay, well, I can bring my child in and we can do this stuff. And they know that they're not going to receive any judgment from us. They know that they're just we're just here to create that space for them and go from there. That legacy workshop for us, that's our thats our backbone because that's how we get that buy-in from these fathers. And that's how they get the first introduction into fatherhood programs, you know, by seeing us sharing with other guys. Because guys only share at a few places with their partners when they're out at the pool hall or at the barbershop. Even then. Even then. They don't even talk. They may not even talk about their kids, you know what I mean? So we try to give them that opportunity. And, it, and like you said, it builds confidence. As the, as the programs goes on, so now they're asking questions. They're not afraid to go talk to the teachers or the principals and say, hey, what else can I do to better support my kid? Or, hey, is there a parent-teacher conference coming up? Please let me know because I want to be there too. Instead of just always asking mom to come, these dads are like, hey, I want to be there too. And I want to hear this information so I can do a little bit more for my kids. Yeah. It's so crazy because like, I rely on um – my daughter's dad so much to do a lot of that stuff that my mom is like really confused by it like why are you not going i'm like he could do it like i don't need to be there all the time like there's two of us we're working together when he gets back he'll tell me what happened and if i want to know more then i could reach out to them and ask them something else like 
it's yeah. not a big deal and she's just like you know another generation so she's just like yeah. it's our the moms po- were the ones doing yeah. everything for us it's like yeah. they yeah. see how hands on our kids dads are and they're just like a little taken back by it yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's one thing that's amusing to us as well because like when the dads come with their kids the, the moms are just out in the park a lot of bunch of all the moms are just <laughs> like all right like sending everybody off to school you know it's like all right you guys go have a good time and they're looking in want to see what's going on <laughs> but you know and it comes down to culture yeah. you know and that's one thing that we're really trying to do is just change that culture of fatherhood change that culture of parenting you know mothers and fathers parent equally but differently you know, we use the analogy when the children are riding bicycles, they fall off the bike. Who's usually the first person there kissing boo-boos, mm-hmm. alcohol swabs? That's mom, right? Dad's usually yelling down the street, come on, man, get up. Yeah. And if you're bleeding, he's like wiping it off, licking it. All right, you're good, you're, you're good. Okay. Keep it rolling, Check keep it, it rolling. <laughs> so, you know, we try to help the guys understand that they need that love and that caring and that unconditional love from their mothers. But they need that encouragement, that coaching, that self-esteem building from our fathers. Because at the end of the day, that's what we yearn for. Even me as a man, 33-year-old man, I look to my dad for advice. I look for his approval, even from my grandfather, even at this age. Right. You know, and that's some of the things that our, our dads, they yearn for, that they may, they may have not gotten from their fathers. But when we do the legacy, like Danny said, when they do their list, they're doing everything different. They're more nurturing. They're more loving, you know, and we're trying to knock down that wall of masculinity, of macho, macho-ness, you know. What they what was the what's the saying? You know, be a man when you when something's going on. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean be tough? Does that mean be loving? So we try to you know have those conversations as well. And how many um how many sessions are in these workshops? Because you said you kind of start over again, right? Yeah. So so I mean we have well it's different. It, we also we cater to the needs of the the school that maybe we're working at or. Um, the different programs, or when we even get started with folks, like we would have, we we have a four series program, we have a six series program, um, we have a nine series program. Which every program is a monthly workshop, so we can cover a whole school year, or we can just cover half the year. Whatever works best for the particular school that we're working with um, to fit their needs and fit whatever model they're looking for. During our workshops as well, we provide resources for the fathers. Men's health, like we do our stress management, we like to talk about men's health. How often do you go get your blood pressure taken? When was the last time you had a physical? Because guys don't go to the doctor unless their toes falling off. So we want to get them in the routine. And we we put it on them and say, hey, man, your kids need you around. And they're like, yeah, you're right. So then they start to get those checkups and different things like that. So I love it. I love all the little seeds you guys are planting in all these dads' yeah. heads. They yeah. need them. I'm like ready to sign yeah. Ernie up. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's not just dads too that we're we're planting these seeds in either. Because when we when we go to a program, let's say we start a program at a Head Start, um, we first need to work with the teaching staff and and the administrators of the school because the teachers are also coming into this with the same mindset of it's moms that are involved. It's moms that um, are the ones that are going to be coming in. And so we also need to remind educators to be able to, to create a space that's inviting for men to come into the schools and come into the classrooms because we see it all the time like even the preschools during pickup time 
when there's a line to pick up the child, mom's in the front signing off child, teacher's chopping it up, talking to the mom, how was your day? How's everything going today? Your child did this today. Your child did that today. And as they're signing off, and then Ike will come in, dad will step in to sign off. Just go ahead and sign right there. Thank you. Have a good day. And so it it creates a sense of I'm not invited. I don't I'm not wanted here. So why would I want to be able to step into this space if not inviting they don't want me here? And if they do want me here, they're only asking me to come into the classroom to throw the trash away or move those heavy boxes. Right. One of the dads volunteering this week. We need some stuff. moving. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So. Yeah, so we need to retrain like our staff and educators to make it inviting um, to parents, to both men and women, um, and so that they can learn how to engage with their child. Because one of the biggest advantages of volunteering in the classroom early on is learning the routine that's set in the classroom um, for the children's behavior. And if they... If parents can see there's a set routine in the classroom, then they can start to model that at home because that's really where behavior issues happen is there isn't a set routine for children at home either. So if parents can see that every day they're here in the Head Start world, we're keeping it there, the child comes in, the first thing they do is they wash their hands. After they wash their hands, they sit, they have a seat. They have a seat, then they eat. Once they eat, they throw their trash away, they wash their hands, they take a seat, it's reading time. And that's every single day. So whenever the parents, we hear, we used to hear it all the time, good luck with my devil child, Aww. right? Yeah. In the school, like, good luck with my devil child. And then, yeah, and then, and then when they come in and they see their devil child being an, an little angel in the yeah. classroom, is because their child has a set routine and they know what they can and can't get away with. Yeah. Where at home, maybe one day mom and dad wants to set the rules and stick with those rules. Then the following day, it's completely wow. different dynamic. So, of course, the children are going to be thrown off by, well, what can I do, what I can't do. But if they see that behavior being done at the schools and volunteering, then they're going to model that and the children are going to be better off doing all of that. So, yeah, I mean, really, not just planting the seeds on the on the parents, but educators too. Right. That's like the biggest point that we try to put out there. Another cool thing, another cool thing, you know, that's a product of fathers being involved in the classroom. When me and Dan worked at the Head Start, when a guy comes into the classroom, it changes the dynamics. As soon as we walk in, the kids are running up to us, showing us their work. Look what I did today. They're grabbing, they're sitting on your boots, walking. You know, you can barely walk through the classroom because they're so excited to see, you know, a guy in the classroom. You know, and, you know, unfortunately, some of our kids may not have a positive male role model at home. So we always ask these guys to come in, even if it's for 10 minutes, read a story to the children, have breakfast. One thing that they're doing great at, uh, we work with the Pacific Clinics in, in Pasadena and Glendale. They do a daddy drop-off once a month where the dads come in, they drop off the kids, and they also read a story and have breakfast for 20, 30 minutes. And it's changing the dynamics of their program over there. And then we just had a recent man cave, and these guys came out. We talked about stress management. And you that's how you create that buy-in. They see the value. They see how excited their children are. 
And at the same time, it creates accountability for the kids. If they know that their dad knows the teacher and he's going to be in the classroom, they're less likely to have those behavioral problems and more likely to, you know, kind of want to show off a little bit. Because, you know, the dads are going to be at the baseball games and basketball games. And what are the kids doing? They're playing their hardest, right? And they're always looking back to see, make sure dad's watching. They're always making sure dad's watching. And dad's there in full uniform, too, just like the kids. So we want them just as excited to be in the classrooms and get involved with their kids' education. I was thinking about, because I used to work for an art camp. You know, we had the check-in parents, and it reminded me how you're just kind of like, the dad comes with like, okay, here, bye. Um, And I feel like... So for me, like, growing up, my mom was, like, really, like, weird and, like, jealous and didn't like any women, like, talking to my dad. So, (laughs) like, I feel like me, like, like, as a woman now, like, I feel uncomfortable talking to other people because I'd be like, oh, I don't want their girlfriend to be upset. You know, like, I don't want to upset anybody else's thing. I don't want to be too, I don't want to be too friendly. That makes some other woman uncomfortable. So I'm just kind of like, okay, bye. You know, and it's like it sucks because you're right. We do need to be retrained, like not to be like that because yeah, it's not fair. We learn from our childhood. We have to kind of tweak yeah. them. Yeah. Kind of unfortunate for early ed because most of the teachers are women. Most of the yeah. program managers are women. Right. So, and we get this question a lot. You know, how can we get a fatherhood program going over here? We're like, how many men you have on staff? Uh, we got Mr. Johnny, but he's the maintenance man, or we have so-and-so, they're the director. I'm like, well, you might want to hire somebody to come in the classroom or something like that. Or we, and that's where we come in. We can come and do these workshops because it'll be, I ain't going to say it'll be impossible, but when you do a man cave with a bunch of guys and there's a lady kind of presenting, it's, it's hard for them to open up, just like having that one mom in the back of the classroom. So that's why we just try to, we try to encourage and uh, recruit more men to come into this field. So we work closely with the early education programs. And we're always telling guys, hey, man, you should come get involved with this program. You know, there's a lot of great things going on. Come see what we do. See how we do it. You know, and now we, be, you know, we kind of become mentors to some other people in the community who have decided to take on this kind of work. Uh, piggybacking on early education men in early education um, that also helps the children out not just to have that positive male role model but for the little boys like they assimilate to familiar faces right they're gonna lean on to those familiar faces and like Donald mentioned about having these male programs at the schools and not having many men in the program it, it the dynamic might be a little different it's also the same with moms, like make having that message of of positive male role model. If we that's why we decided to have this moms program because of that familiar face or, or their peers. If we come into a Head Start program and we have a workshop with moms about the importance of male involvement, and let's say it's a recent there's been a recent breakup they're a single mom now they're not going to want to hear from me why they should have a positive male role model because of whatever they have going on which is fine but if they hear the same message from their peers from another woman in the space they're going to be more receptive to the information just as guys they're not going to want to hear from another lady like oh She's just telling me how to do things. Right. And it's the reality of things. Right. But if they see it from us, from another guy's perspective, as to look, this is why. 
now they're soaking in this message and they see why they're why it's important which why this is why we go to a lot of um community colleges and the child development clubs and really talk to their students about trying to get more guys into the field because it'll change the dynamic of the classroom it'll change the behaviors of children and it will change the behaviors of the parents but we also know there's a lot of stigmas behind men in early education and we're well aware of all of those stigmas um of guys working in preschools because we i got it all the time when i worked there like wait hold on you're a, you're calling from a preschool I'm like, yeah, but you're a guy. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but you get it all the time. Like, like, what's weird? Like, why do they think that that's weird? Just because they're not used to it? Oh. Yeah, I mean, and then, or just thinking of, like, the preschools in the classroom. I think we would, because it goes back to, like, the moms being in charge of such small kids. It's like, oh, what are you doing in right. charge of? It shouldn't a woman be calling me right now? To sure, this yeah. All out? Or even in the classroom, like we heard a lot of, um, we went to a men of we went to a conference, a men in childcare conference, and a lot of the things that were brought up was that if they saw a male teacher in the space, parents are like, well, who's gonna take my child to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Which one of you guys is gonna take my child to the bathroom? And if I don't want that guy taking my child to the bathroom. And so there's that stigma behind that. Um, there's also the because men are just coming into this space, they're being pushed to the side when it comes to maybe having ideas of how we should maybe run the curriculum or whatever the place may be because we're essentially the minority in in this space, mm-hmm. right? We're just coming into it and one of the reasons why men are being able to step into this field is because women have been given more opportunities in the workforce now, right? They've, they're able to now climb this corporate ladder and be able to make more money where the social dynamic has, has changed, where men can now take that step back and feel like, okay, I can be at home. I can take on this caregiver role and allow their women or their partners to be their breadwinner if they want to and and so there's all of that behind trying to get these guys into this program and knowing what what's going to happen when i do step into this program because there's going to be a lot of questions a lot of side eye from other parents as to why is this male here Mm -hmm. Why is he in this room? Who who allowed him here? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's unfortunate that it's somewhat taboo to see guys working with early kids, well, you know, working in early ed. But, you know, like Danny said, society's changing. Even in the movies, like we always say, what's the, the movie Taken? It's like five of them. And it's a dad uh, saving his kid, the whole, yeah. all five of them. You know, you look at the Toyota commercials, the dads are now driving the vans with the v, with the DVD players in the back, you know. Yeah. They're just putting their own little twist on things. And that's what we try to help these guys and help them, the mothers as well understand. It's like, look, dads are stepping up. They can. They don't mind being stay-at-home dads, and they have all these videos on YouTube of dads, all sorts of funny, crazy little things. But they're enjoying themselves. They're yeah. building that relationship with their kid, that yeah. lasting relationship, and that's what we want to do for all of our participants. Funny, because 
I was talking to a, a few parents the other day about the same idea of how media also has been changing the dynamic of this male role model, like Donald mentioned with the movies on Taken. Um, I brought up like even Logan Wolverine became a dad out of nowhere. I don't know if you guys saw the movie, um, but <laughs> or but even like animated films. We're looking at animated films too, like the movie Sing. Have you you guys seen yeah. the movie Sing, where that's all about the father and how he didn't want to disappoint his father, or what was it the gorilla's name Johnny, mm-hmm. who also Talks was going through that dynamic. The- yes, there. <laughs> Yeah, we're good. Yeah, now now we're good, right? Logan, but yeah, but even but even in those animated films, you see that there's this male positive male presence, and if you didn't catch on to it, if you rewatch it now, you'll see it. Um, But I was bringing all of this up, and a mom was like, "Well, you know why this is happening?" And I was like, "Why?" Like, well, because we're not putting up with it anymore. And I was like, "Cool, perfect." Yeah, I was like, that's, I was like, you're right. And, and I'm with you. You're absolutely right. You shouldn't. But let's provide this support for the guys that you're not putting it up for anymore. Like, yeah. there's a lot of programs for moms. There's a lot of there mommy and me programs. Yeah. There's a lot of these different support for parent engagement for the moms. If we're not going to put up with, you know, with all of this, you know, parenting stuff, cool. I'm with you. But let's, give them the support too yeah. for these guys to be able to have a space to be built with their children mm-hmm. and be the parents that women want the men to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why we, uh, you know, we call it the legacy because we tell our fathers, you know, your children are your greatest legacy. You can be a doctor. You could be Kobe Bryant. You could be, if you look at all the athletes, Michael Jordan, they all love what they did. They won championships. But if you notice on some of their Instagram, nothing compares to being a father for them. You know, they're always uplifting their kids. And a lot of our fathers, you know, kind of like us, we want to do different than what our dads did. You know, if our dad was a certain type of way, we want to do things a little bit different, you know, and conquer that role and let my kids know or not to have our children feel the way we felt and, you know, and have those lasting effects. So a lot of guys really want to. They got the urge to. So when we have these, you know, workshops and things like that, you really see them step up and shine. And the mothers are like, I, you know, they can't believe it sometimes. I didn't know he could do that. I didn't know. You know, we teach them how to cook, do little snack activities. So if they got to feed their kids while mom's gone, yeah. they can do it. You know, we do a spa day. We teach dads how to do daughter's hair. Dan even doing hair for a long time. I think that's how I heard, <laughs> I heard about you guys. One of my friends um, was looking for people who knew how to braid hair that could help with your guys' program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to learn how to braid hair. She's like, it's just for dads. You're not invited. I'm like, and, <laughs> fine. The, the, yeah. the, way that, the funny thing is the way that came up was because uh, when we did the man cave, sometimes Faith would be with us, right? Mm-hmm. So that's his daughter, okay. Danny's daughter. So okay. Faith, will, <laughs> Faith will be with us doing the, doing the workshops. You know, she might be sitting to the side doing her homework as we going through the uh, program. But when we, you know, when we do all the evaluations and we're just kind of talking, Next thing you know, Danny's surrounded by all the dads. Faith's right there in the middle, and he's showing them how to do, a, do a ponytail. So we was like, you know what? There's another program right there yeah. that these guys, will, and they want to do it. You should have seen it. It was funny. You know, we got these guys together for a spa day with the, uh, the Girl Scouts in Santa Fe Springs. They came in. They did manicures. We showed them how to do the ponytails. 
after a while, the daughters were doing the dad's pony, oh uh, doing the dad's nails. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, no, dad, you got to scrub like this. And, you know, <laughs> so it, it changed the dynamics and get these guys out their comfort zone. But they have fun yeah. and they love that kind of stuff. So we try to c- continue to do unique workshops, you know, out the box. But it's all have the same objective of getting fathers more engaged and strengthening their own parenting styles. That's what it's all about. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up that we haven't brought up yet if you guys can follow us on instagram facebook check out our website www.dadproject.org if you want to get involved come sign up volunteer we're always looking for volunteers and bring your families out you know we would love to meet them and have them be a part of the dad project yeah i couldn't believe there were so many people because the holiday one that we went to was like two parts right like you had a morning and an afternoon and i went in the morning vanessa went in the evening and they were both packed, but there were so many people there. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really, really And cool. everybody was, like, in a really good mood. All the mom, Like, there was another mom at our table, and she had a couple kids with her. She was a little overwhelmed, but, you know, the people around, everybody was helping her with her kids, and it just felt really good. Like, nobody was, like lady get a hold of your kids or something like yeah. that like that energy was not in the room at all it was all very very positive vibes mm-hmm. everyone really coming cool. together to do this it's family time yeah, thank you. yeah and, and that's what we try to accomplish with those community events like that um we have a few coming up uh we have one established in compton where we're there every month uh, the third thursday of every month mm-hmm. um and so we have one coming up this Thursday on the 15th where we've partnered with PBS Kids um, and we're going to be building rockets with the dads and their children and really talking, really start introducing um, the idea of STEAM. And, um, you want to really, tell people what STEAM? STEAM is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really introducing the idea of just building something small can lead to something, you know, lead to something more, lead to something bigger, um, especially since we are working with the smaller children. Um, but this activity is catered to children um, from ages three to nine. So anyone can come to these workshops. Anyone can come in and, and build a rocket. And it's a family event. So while dads are, gonna, while dads are in the room with uh, the child, mom is going to be in a separate room um, also learning about how they can incorporate STEAM as a family. Um, and then we're going to bring them all together and allow dad and child to show mom what did they just learn. And then we're going we're gonna to close out with, with the story time where we're going to read as a, as a large group and as a family you know, how to also incorporate literacy within this program. Um, we have dinner that we're going to be giving out to for free. We're going to be catering out some dinner there. So we still have uh, we still have a few spaces available if anyone wants to join us. Um, you guys can just reach out to us and we'll put you on the list. Um, and then we also have our fundraiser that we're going to that we're having on the 29th of March is a Thursday night where um, we're trying to raise money because unfortunately, a, a lot of these programs that we're running does cost money yeah. right. and everything, does. everything costs yeah. money right and the community events that we provide like the um the holiday event that you guys came mm-hmm. to a lot of it came out of our pocket um and if it wasn't for some of the established contracts that we already have and some donations that we would seek 
if it wasn't for that, it's coming out of our pocket. So we're really trying to focus on, you know, fundraising and trying to get sponsorships or donations so that we can continue to provide a lot of these workshops because it's needed um, in different cities. Well, in every city if possible, but, you know, we're also limited in resources in terms of, you know, monies and donations that we can't be everywhere we want to be because we don't have as much support as we would as we would like. So one of the ways that we're trying to do that this year is by having this fundraiser with the comedy club, um, the comedy and magic, comedy and magic club, um, in Hermosa Beach. Mm. They have given us forty tickets to sell, and they said you guys can keep a hundred percent of the proceeds into your program, um, and. You, everyone that you sell tickets to can come enjoy the night of comedy. You know, we still got to stick by their guidelines of it's a two item minimum there, mm-hmm. but you know that's it, and that's food or drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have some pretty good food there. I've had yeah. it. Yeah, I've um, never been, but I always wanted to go. Yeah, sure. so yeah, we yeah. um, yeah, it, it it works. Last time I went, and we um, we ordered a bottle of wine for like twenty bucks, and that's four cups right there. So me and my partner, we were good for our two items right there, <laughs> uh-huh. and we spent twenty bucks, and we're like, that's not bad. Um, so that that might be a way to go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're expecting a good turnout. Hopefully, we still got tickets for sale. If anyone wants to join us that night, it's March 29th. It is a Thursday night, um, which it may work for families, it may not. Yeah, um, go to work on Friday morning. Yeah, yeah, but it's from six to nine, so you, you should be able to. Yeah, the show ends by nine 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 thirty, the latest. Yeah, Thursday is my bad day, but I can, I can figure something out. I know I have to leave. We don't have a babysitter on Thursdays, so I like only work half day. Like uh, her dad and I like split the day. Like he stays home in the morning, and then I come home in the afternoon. Yeah, um, I'll stuff her in the stuff her in my backpack. Nobody will know she's there. <laughs> so we'll into the show. <laughs> Put her in a baby wrap, act like she's an infant still. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so where where is it again that they can find tickets for that show? Um, they can find tickets online um, through our Instagram page. Okay. Um, I still need to add it on the website. It's so hard to work on things because where it's this is an organization. It's a full, you know, fledged organization. And it's just the two of us. Mm -hmm. Like I work on the I try to work on the website, the social media pages on. And not only that, but, you know, the networking, the meetings, um, Donald typically tries to work on like all of the contract building and the grants and surveys and getting all of that, like all of the administrative piece. Um, and so that also might be something where like we we need help with. Yeah. And if any of your audience members are interested in like wanting to help us and yeah. get involved with, you know, we're always looking we're looking for grant writers to help us with you know, trying to secure some dollars to be able to provide programs because that's one of our ultimate goals is 
um, not only like secure contracts with specific schools, but we really want to be able to receive a grant so that we can go into a school and say, hey, look, we have this monies. All we need are your parents and your space, and we'll take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. That's our ultimate goal. You know, our ultimate goal is you know, like to be in as many schools as we can. And that's our dream because, like we were saying, parenting, everybody goes to school. It's like church. You know, everybody's going to go to school. Your kids are going to be there. So we want to provide these programs in as many schools as we can because we know from statistics when fathers are more engaged with their kids, they do better in school. They do better in life, you know. And they have better outcomes as far as their education. They're more likely to go on to further their education. So that's why we like to start early with these elementary schools. And, yeah, if we can get somebody to help us out, you know, writing some grants, double-checking some of our work, want to be involved in our board, because we're a full-fledged nonprofit organization. And uh, a lot of things we do are on donations or, like you said, comes right out of our pocket. But we try not to let that stop us from, you know, serving our community. And we do the best we can with what we have. And we've been blessed to have, you know, collaborative partners like the Helpful Honda guys, UPS. Um, PBS now. PBS Kids, Best Start, East Compton, yeah. First 5 LA. You know, we've been blessed to have those partnerships. Yeah. And, they, you know, they help us continue to go out in the community to provide these workshops and trainings for the families. And, we you know, that's why we stay close with the early ed programs, too, because... We can't do all the workshops. We like to, you know, build a model to where these students come out graduated and they can come out and do some of these programs, get more men in the field, different things like that, so they can go out and, you know, keep the dream alive and keep the program rolling. Yeah. And we, we that's what we're all about. Hiring folks too. Yeah. yeah. So we want to be able to hire <clears throat> folks and really have full-fledged nonprofit. Where yeah we have an office yeah. a meeting space a legit office a legit not a garage yeah. <laughs> it's grassroots right now yeah it's like amazon we right in the back you know it's like yeah. construction right now mm -hmm. we're in the living room yeah so but grandma's but yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah but ultimately that's our goal is really being able to build these grants and but it, it's tough sometimes at least for us um just to feel like to ask for the help yeah. and um, only because we know that when we ask for the help, we're going to, we have to let it's these folks know we're not going to pay you right now. Like yeah. we oh, haven't even, it, like we said, we're, we're going through our two years and we haven't even gotten paid ourselves yet. Yeah. You know, so, you know, just to have that, that knowledge of, and being transparent with, with the folks that want that, let's say if one of your audience members well, I want to maybe do some grant writing for them. So you know, you know mm -hmm. give us a call, but know that we can't pay you right now. Yeah. You're just serving like, the community yeah. right now. That's all you're and, doing. and so sometimes that might be like a tough pill to swallow for right. folks. Like, yeah. well, why am I going to give up all my time for, for this? But if it's something that you want to help build the community, like know that eventually down the road, like that's okay. what we're leading up. That's what we want to do. Yeah. We want to be able to eventually pay folks to do this oh, yeah. um but that's right now we're just trying to get so this so how going. do you guys survive life with i still have my nine to five job seven nine to five job yeah and you know my wife works and i've been blessed you know to be here to help my grandmother so that's awesome i don't have too much overhead so most of my everything i do goes into the project it's awesome and, you know i've been blessed in that in that regard so yeah it's been working out yeah, cause I still I work, I work my nine to five, 
Um, I live in the valley. I work my off. I work in Santa Monica. I still have my daughter. Right. Yeah. She's in cheerleading, so that takes up my weekends. Like I was in cheerleading all day yesterday. <laughs> she had a competition in Santa Clarita, um, and in between jobs, I'm I have still my computer everywhere. Yeah. I'm still doing things here and there, um, all trying to make this work just for the like to continue to this work that we're doing because. We're both very passionate about this work, and we want this to continue to grow. But it's not going to happen if we're just, if we're, you know, allowing it to happen because it's not going to happen yeah. unless we put into it. And honestly, you know, like you said, you know, our passion is what's been driving our purpose. Like, you know, because we're not, like you said, we're not making much money, but we see the impact that it has, and we just can't let that. Right. We can't let that stop us from from not doing what we need to do, you know. I, my schedule's crazy as well. I'm also in school finishing my master's. I'm here trying to do things here, working on the project, trying to get these grants rolling, going to meetings. So our wheels are turning, you know. The fire's burning. And the blessing that we have is our volunteers. You know, when we call for volunteers, we get 10, 15. Like, everybody at the holiday event, we're volunteers from our ECE programs. And those students, man, they, they mean so much to us. Because not only are they helping us in the moment, but they're going to take what we what we're working on and they're going to advance it, and that's and that's all we can ask from them, you know. Until we're able to hire and do different things like that, that's when we we'll, we we'll really keep them in mind because they know how we roll, you know. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, we totally appreciate your guys' time. This is amazing. Thank you for having us over. Because yes. I know we don't have any space either. Vanessa's moving. I'm moving. I'm a mess. Yeah. My life is a wreck. stuff all over. It's crazy. I know. So, like, typically we do Skype interviews because our, you know, to get our schedules and everything together, too, we're like, at 10 o'clock at night, like, can you guys talk? <laughs> but we just, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, but we just felt it was, like, really important to be here and, like, sit with you guys to get a better vibe than, you know, just being on the phone. Yeah, this is good. thank you. And thank you all for taking the time, you know, to come out come out to our event, to meet yeah. us, come talk to us. Yeah. And we really we're... love what you guys are doing. It's really great. It's, it's going to change things. And I love that you guys are doing it just for the passion. It's not about making anything but a difference you know it's not about making millions it's just the difference and they the caring that you guys have for these kids is just amazing it's really really good i love it no thank you so much you know and that encourages us to keep rolling yeah. to hear stuff like that really really encourages it us is. to keep it's rolling great. i think i just love how you guys are just trying to break down all those barriers of those stigmas of just like dads being so awkward and uncomfortable about being involved you know so keep doing what you guys are doing. It's great. It's, it's changing things for sure. It's great. We'll be at you guys' events. Yeah. We just gotta we gotta clear our schedules, yes. make some time. I know. I'm wondering if maybe I can make that one on Thursday. That's coming up. Yeah, My daughter's Thursday. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, come I on out. Be able to. I might. I just might. Yeah, I just think it's too little still. Next year. <laughs> She'll be old enough. <laughs> yes. Um, Wait, yeah. what I was going to say is thank you and hey I'm down with the moody mommies yeah, we love <laughs> it we love it <laughs> alright well thank you guys so much and I think that is so how do you spell your name for people to follow you guys on Instagram oh, so it's D on Instagram the the handle is D dot A dot D underscore project okay on Facebook you can find us on 
under Dad Project Three. Everything's just together. Um, and then our website is www.dadproject.org. And our email is info at dadproject.org. Okay, awesome. If you, uh, if you go to the website, you can also sign up on the, uh, on the website, send us your email, your name, and it'll come straight to our email, too. And that way we can put you in our list of volunteers, attendees, or, you know, anything like that. Keep keep in touch. Do you guys have a, a link tree? Like, it's like an Instagram compressor, so that way, in your bio, you just click to your link tree, and then you can add as many links as you want. So that way you can no, just, like, go into work. it. That's something it's that we'd have to learn. Easy. You guys have to, it's so easy. You guys need to do it. So Because it's so hard to keep changing your bio. Like, okay, it's this event. Okay, you know, here's my Facebook. Here's this. So that way you just click that one thing, and you can keep adding or taking away, like, everything. Oh, yeah. See, we're still learning. I'll show it to you. It's so easy. Moody Mamas just gave us some homework. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. so easy. Because, yeah, yeah, like I said, it's just, it becomes so hard just as a two-man crew being able to run things yeah like it we either i either focus on like fundraising but then that takes away from social media media. i can focus on my social media but then that'll take away from contacts networking and fundraising like if we can have folks to just focus on one thing Mm -hmm. i mean no limit where (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay well for us, you can find us on, on Instagram as the Moody Mommy's Podcast, and everything is linked from there. And otherwise, thank you again, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. Moody in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Say Moody Mommy's. Moody Mommy's. Moody Mommy's Podcast.